Now let's go back and pick up an example. During the reign in ancient Ghana of a king called Tenkamenin, the lowest person in the kingdom could petition his king. He would petition through the council, and the council was duty-bound to take his complaint to the king. And if enough people of his status complained about the king, the council had to recommend the abdication of the king, and the king couldn't do about it, could do nothing about it. This is a monarchy, and yet it was democratic. And this is why Ten Comedian was known as the king who rode out twice a day, every day. He would ride out among his people and administer justice. And anybody who wanted to talk to the king could approach the king. And did not have to move from his presence until he was, he, he was sure that justice had been done in his case. He would ride out again in the evening in splendid regalia, dogs with gold collars, horses just better than the then kings of Europe, men of the mat, men with silk and brocade mat, just in case the hawks want to take a nap to lay down the mat so the hawks can rest a while. Splendor at its best, controlling the gold country, fabulously rich, and the people shared in the riches. The assumption is that a monarchy cannot also be democratic. When we go back and look at these African farms, we don't need to turn to the West for democratic farms. We had these farms, and we had communal living before someone invented communism. We had social living before someone invented socialism. But when it's coming from Europe because of our European fascination, we think it has to be good because it came from them. We have not looked deeply at what was taken from us because we have not looked at the great river civilizations of Africa. Now this is a great concern for a lot of people but because of our number in the world and how we are dispersed in the world, we're supposed to be winning. Some of the great wealth in the world is in our hands. 98% of the gold, the gem diamonds, comes out of Africa. The bulk of the gold comes out of Africa. Most of the cobalt comes out of Africa. Manganese out of Africa. Two-thirds of the copper in the world comes out of Africa. Great deal of the zinc and the lead in the world comes out of Africa. If we united African people all over the world, we could close down American industry. And if we develop a good agriculture as we had before, our people could be fed indefinitely, and we could eat indefinitely, and we could go to school indefinitely, and say that if you don't want to pay my price for my goods, then I'll keep it. 
And they tell you, eat it. Is it we, we don't have to eat it. We got corn. We got pigs. We got everything. We got cattle. We got sheep. We got goats. Our people going to eat whether we sell it or not. We're like a person in a card game. Got all the high cards and failed to put it, put the cards down. All right. Someone has sent me a book that they've been working on a number of years. I didn't think he'd quite bring it off. Because while we lose, Jake Beeson of Minnesota, Indiana, he has addressed himself to the question, but inasmuch as so many of us in the world, so strategically located, why are we losing? And why are smaller people winning? And why are we losing in the face of that? And we need to ask some critical questions. But all the things in our hands, but all the resources we can, that can be made available to us, why are we losing? I think we're looking at ourselves in the wrong way. And we're asking the wrong things from each other. Farrakhan wants a separate state in Africa. I said, please, no. We don't need another Liberia. <laughs> a sick nation where black Americans and Caribbeans went to say that they're going to civilize that heathen brother. We don't need no condescending attitude towards Africans abroad and Africans in Africa. If we return to Africa, we will return and walk the same street with the Africans, go to the same school, fight the same battles, and cry over the same defeat. No separation between African people and African people any place in the world. It's not needed. And if you think you're going to have a separate state in the United States, you're dreaming because no white people are going to move aside and give you no state. You, you can have a multiplicity of miniature states. Your community, you can make your community into a miniature state. And there are places in the rural south where most of the county is black. You can gain control of that county, gain control of these small cities. Now there are places where we can have a high degree of sovereignty, where we can practice for the kind of skills that we will take out to Africa. But the whole separate state concept is impractical. We have to stop dissipating so much energy on impractical projects, pare ourselves down to what is realizable. Now, before going back to the question, can we be an African people again, Let's define what an African people are, what they are, and let's define what happened to the Africanness of African people. And let's look at to what extent are we still an African people and don't seem to know it. Living in rural Alabama, in Georgia, and traveling in Africa, 
I've seen identical traits. I've seen cultural manifestations no different from one place than the other. And if you tell the black American he's doing something African, he won't hit you. And yet, through genetic transference, he still maintains so much that is Africa. What sustained Africa those many years before the foreign? What did he create within himself that he had a society where he not only had no jails, but no word in his vocabulary that meant jail? He created a system where man's function was to bring people in harmony with nature. There are some aspects of it that may work for them. But our concept of consensus in talking that the Europeans call Palava, uh, African Parliament, we need to look at that again. What can we draw from that? We need to look at our families again. And I need to look at my own family and when there was debates and my great-grandmother was alive and finally she would listen to the debates and then she would render an opinion based on it. If there was any dispute, all she had to do was to stand up and tap her cane on the floor, which means the court is over 